Okay. I'm rolling now. Okay. So anyway, these blessings that you see listed here, they belong to you and I. They do. The book of uh, Galatians. Uh, I want to go over here and show you. Watch this. Uh, we come straight over here to um, Galatians chapter 3. And uh, let's look at this just a moment here. Then we'll come right back. Oh. Uh, Oh, let's see. Notice, the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, preached the gospel unto Abraham, notice his name's called Abraham now, saying, in these shall all nations be blessed. Look at that phrase. Now, isn't that open-ended? All nations shall be blessed. I mean, they need to just say, can go to heaven. There's more to the Bible than just going to heaven. Matter of fact, this is how we tell folks about going to heaven. The people that came in multitudes, if you just open your eyes when you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, multitudes came. Why did the multitudes come? Because Jesus was saying, hey, y'all can go to heaven. There's more to it. Some of them were totally incapacitated with sickness and difficulties and whatever kind of problems. And Jesus would fix them and tell them, this is what the kingdom of God's like. He didn't say this is what's going to happen one day in the sweet by and by. All these people were being healed. You know, All these people's problems were falling off. They were just being corrected, you know, and it was getting everybody's attention. So anyway, God says here, and all, and, and these things shall, excuse me, in these shall all nations be blessed. Now look at this. So then they which be of faith, look at this. Can you read? Are blessed with faithful Abraham. Man. Well, yeah, but I'm, I'm not a Jew. Oh, wait, he just said. God would justify the heathen through faith. He preached the gospel uh, unto Abraham, saying, And these shall all nations be blessed. we got to quit saying it's just the Israeli nation. you got to quit doing that. Let me show you even further. In, even in this chapter alone, you know, the book of Galatians, you could actually read it, and you're going to get distracted a little bit. You know, the Bible's about the only book you can read with, with so many distractions. You'll start reading the Bible, and there, there's a reason, because there's a lot of spiritual activity going on here. Jesus said that Satan comes immediately to steal the word. You can start reading your Bible, the phone will ring. If the phone don't ring, you'll all of a sudden think of something you got to do. You know what? Or you'll worry about something. And then you'll catch yourself and go, oh, I ain't even been reading. Of course, some of you students probably realize when you're studying for a biology test, you do the same thing. You know, you know I know I did. I'm sitting there staring at chapter 2. I should be on chapter 4 by now. I need to be reading. But nonetheless here, the, the book of Galatians, you could read it. It's just six chapters, and they're so short. They even number how many sentences there are. You don't have a biology book that does that. Biology just is chapter one, and they don't number nothing. You know, It's just the whole chapter could go on for 30 pages. But the Bible's listed chapter and verse for us, and <clears throat> chapter one, I think, only goes up to about 18 verses. Chapter two goes to 20-something, and, and chapter three goes to 29. I'm going to show you. So here we go. Let's go all the way to 29. He's talking about the same things here. Look what he says here. Because I don't know if this is for me. I don't know if these blessings are mine. Well, look at this. There's neither, uh, well, let's see, here it is. If you be Christ, verse 29, well, I'm going to get 28 while we're there. There's neither Jew nor Greek. Neither, now, this is God talking. This is the Bible. There's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither bond nor free. There's neither male nor female. Because we can always, you know, ladies, you can say, well, that not work for me because it's just going to be the men only. The Bible's a man's book. Uh -uh. Male and female created he them. That's in chapter 1, when God, was create, when God created man. He's let us, let us create man in our image. And the next verse says, male and female created he them. 
So you got to understand why there's so so much animosity between a man and a woman. Oh, in in when the fall in Genesis chapter three. You know when all that happened. You know there, there was there was there was you know if you read what happened there, there, there there's just there's discord going to be there, and it's not part of God's plan. It was part of the fall. And so the devil is always going to try to say, well, I can't have something because I'm a woman. And the same thing happened with a man, too. A man can say, that's the reason a lot of times they say, well, I can't pray. I'm going to get somebody else to pray. I'll get this lady I know. She'll pray for me because God really listens to her prayers. God will listen to your prayers. You pray in the name of Jesus, not in the name of some woman or some man, uh, somebody else. There's neither Jew nor Greek. Wow. There's neither bond nor free. There's neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Now look at this statement. And if ye be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. I'm Abraham's seed. That means a lot if I'm Abraham's seed. Yes, you are. Notice verse 26. You're all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. Now let me back up just a little bit more. Hold on one second. Uh, look at this right here. Verse 13. Because many times we begin to feel that, you know, well, I have made mistakes in my life and I'm not as good a Christian as maybe somebody else here in this room is. And so God's going to pour out his blessings on this person and not on me. No, not so. Not so. That's not the way the system works. No. Verse 13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it's written, Cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. Look at verse 14. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles, through Jesus Christ. The blessing comes on you not because of how good you've been. Uh-uh. It's because Jesus, when he died on the cross, he took your punishment for you. He did. You can walk right out of here and go right back and let this go right over your head. You'll go, well, you know, man, I'm about to run out of gas. And, I, oh, look at that gasoline is now going up to $4. You know, I mean, you know, isn't this just my luck? Your luck as a Christian should be completely turned around. It should be everything you're touching turns to gold. How can that be? I'll show you. Because this is the way it works. You're blessed, completely blessed. It's not by accident. It's just simply by your part of the kingdom of God. You belong to the Lord. The Lord's going to use this blessing in your life. He's using it to tell others about, uh, uh, about him. Look at this right here. And don't mark yourself off and say, well, oh, well this is definitely not me. <laughs> Would you see where you are this morning? You're in here listening to some preacher talk about Jesus. You do love the Lord. You've been singing. If you weren't singing, you were listening. You didn't get up and walk out. You love Jesus. A lot of times we read Psalm 1 and we'll go, well, that's not me because, you know, I mean, sometimes I've heard some things from some ungodly people. Or this is you. It's in your Bible. Watch this. Let me get this out of the way so you can see a little better. Your mouse to slow down. Hello, mouse. Come on. Here we go. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Now, he's talking about you. Don't rewrite that and say, well, that's not me. Because if you think that's not you, well, then we don't even need to read the rest of this psalm. And you need to take it out of your Bible because it doesn't belong to you. It does belong to you. Watch this. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Now, let's let words mean something, Okay. That brings forth its fruit in this season. Okay, I'm like a tree planted by the rivers of water, which means I'm always going to have water because my roots can get down to that creek down there, whatever. River. His leaf also shall not wither. Now look at this. Whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. I don't care what you're doing, it's supposed to work. 
don't give up. Don't give up. Whatever you're doing will prosper. Let me give you another example of this right here. Oh, uh, let's go to uh, the book of Luke, and let's see. Let's go to uh, oh, let's go to eleven. Watch this. Everybody's heard of the Lord's Prayer. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Okay. Now notice the question here. The, the disciples said, uh, they said, Lord, teach us to pray. Okay, well, we know our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day. You notice there's not a whole lot of in there saying, you know, well, Lord, if you want to, if you got time. And, and I mean, it's just Richard. And you don't. This is like, hey, give us this day our daily bread. Look at this one. Forgive us our sins. Well, I don't want to put God in a box here. He's already in that box. Look at this phrase right here. And I'll tell you what, as Americans, sometimes because we feel like we're, you know, we're, we're so civilized, and we've got doctors, we've got this, and we've got technology and whatever. Look at this. You still need this. But deliver us from me. You didn't say deliver me from myself. We've got troubles out there. And if we don't cry for help, we don't have anybody to help us. But see, our, our issue is we've got to remember that Jesus is called a Savior, but he's not just the Savior to take you to heaven. He's here to help you right now. He'll tell you the way it works. Some of you that have really helped your friends out before, and, and you know if it wasn't for you standing there, they wouldn't have gotten anywhere. And so what does your friend usually say? They go, man, I'm sure glad you were there. And so you have a little moment right there. That's the way God is with you and I. If we'll just call on him. He's going to help you, and he knows what you're going to do. When you lie in bed at night, you'll be going, God, I thank you that you're in my life. I couldn't have made it without you. God created you. He didn't just say, well, whoops, there was Ed. You know, I don't know where Ed come from. He planned on Ed, you know. He loves Ed. And Becca, Aaron, all of us in this room, he knew y'all were coming. Psalm 139 declares it. Now watch this. We're, the Lord's prayer is over with right here. It's gone. But he doesn't quit. And he said unto them, Which of you shall have a friend and shall go to him at midnight and say, You know, hey, I got somebody coming over. A friend of mine is on his journey and he's come to me and I have nothing to set before him. And uh, he from within, your friend, is going to say, Man, look, it's past midnight. The door's now shut. My children are in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. Now, a lot of people quit right there. They'll go, Well, I didn't get my answer to the prayer. So, you know, it just didn't happen. So it's over with. It's only over if you say it's over with. Look what Jesus teaches us. I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him, but because he's his friend, yet because of his importunity. What does that mean? I'll show you a minute. He will rise and give him as much as he needs. And I say unto you, what did he say do? He said, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. And I love this. For everyone that asketh receiveth. My mother's right over there, and I'll never forget having to be in church, in the Baptist church, and we sang a song a lot of times. It was, whosoever surely meaneth me. Now, you've got to be kidding yourself if the Lord didn't keep that in my heart. Whosoever surely meaneth me. I'd be places, and I'd think things were going to fall apart, and I'd realize the Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That means safety, soundness, healing, deliverance, preservation. That means it's going to heaven. All kind of troubles. And I would think, whosoever means me. And so I'd have to pull up my pants and say, okay, this is mine. The Lord's going to help me. He's going to get me out of this trouble. 
It's like the old joke. They said, well, they took God out of the classroom. No, they didn't. As long as there's tests, there's always prayer. Amen. We're praying anyway. We don't just go, well, I guess there's no blessing till you get to heaven, so I'm not going to pray about my test. Are you kidding me? I prayed all the way through college. You know. But anyway, let's look at this in the, uh, uh, in the Living Bible just a moment. Uh, watch this. Uh, okay, here we go. Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. You would shout up to him, A friend of mine has just arrived for a visit. I have nothing to give him. He would call down from his bedroom. What did he say? Uh, uh, he says, Please don't ask me to get up. The door is locked. For the, for the night, excuse me, get this out of the way. Uh, uh, let's see. The door, uh, where did I go? Okay, I got that. Oh, excuse me. Yeah, the door is locked and we're all in bed. I just can't help you this time. That's a lot of people, they think that's the way God is. God should say, look, I'm not going to help you this time. You're on your own. God gave you a brain. How many times have I heard this? God gave you a brain. He wants you to figure it out. Man, he gave me a brain so I could learn to read the Bible. I'm telling you, that's the truth. You know, We are in a mess down here. God's not playing games with us. He will help you if you will ask him. Watch this. But I tell you this, though he won't do it as a friend, if you keep knocking long enough. Now, what's the subject Jesus is talking about here? Let's see. I done forgot. This is on the tail end of the Lord's Prayer, and it's on the tail end of the disciples said, teach us to pray. I think this is a serious message that Jesus is trying to get across to us. Keep knocking long enough. Don't quit. He says, but if you keep knocking long enough, everything, uh, he will get up and give you everything you want. Now look at Jesus' response to this. He didn't say, well, you know, this is sometimes work. He never alluded to sometimes anything. He said, so it is with prayer. Keep on asking and you will keep on getting. Keep on looking and you will keep on finding. Knock and the door will be open. Everyone who asks receives and all who seek find. And the door is open to all who knock. He doesn't quit. He keeps rattling on. Lord, we got it. He still doesn't think we got it. You men who are fathers, if your boy asks for bread, do you give him a stone? See, I call that swapping the need. It's like I'm sure Ethan's probably heard this. I've heard it. If you ask God for help with uh, a test in biology, he'll send you through a trial. What? He'll teach you patience. Or, you, or we'll hear this. Be careful what you ask for. What kind of God is that? And we hear that stuff on Christian radio, and it makes us all run when we're in trouble. But when you read the book of Psalms, David put up with nothing. He said, God, I'm waiting on you. Get me out of my trouble. And I think that's what we're supposed to do, too. He said, if your son asks for a fish, do you give him a snake? If he asks for an egg, do you give him a scorpion? Three different times the request was changed, and God said, you wouldn't do that. And even if sinful persons like yourselves give, uh, uh, your, give, give children what they need, don't you realize that your Heavenly Father will do at least as much and give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Wow. Praise the Lord. So God is on our side, no doubt about that. Let me switch this back to King James just a moment. Let's go back to, uh, uh, we'll go back to the book of Psalms here. Psalms 3. You know, it wouldn't take long to figure out uh, that, um, you know, where this is. I mean, it, there's only 150 of them, but I tell you what, this is one of my best friends right here. Of course, it's the Lord. But Psalm 3. Watch this. Uh, verse 1. He says, Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? 
Many are they that rise up against me. Now, what's that got to do with going to heaven? Especially, this kind of looks a little selfish, too. It's kind of like, uh, you know, David's worried about number one here. Oh, yeah. That's sort of like the dinner bell. You know, you practice on these things that affect you, and then when you run across somebody that needs some help, you won't be like, well, I don't know. That's Dustin right there. I don't know. I kind of seen the way he acts, and I don't know God's going to be, I mean, because God's not kind to me. Why would he be kind to Dustin? No. Once you figure out God will help you, and you're so excited about it, I'm telling you, you will fly over to other people and say, listen, the Lord will help you. Because I'm telling you, he'll help me. Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. Look at this. Many are they which say of my soul, there is no help for him in God. In other words, i got Christian people now saying, Richard, you're toast. You're in a lot of trouble. But look what he says. But Lord, but thou, O Lord, art a shield for me. Now, we've got to make this talk about heaven because we're, the only thing God does is take us to heaven. That's a bunch of baloney. What am I going to do with Psalm 3? This has nothing to do with going to heaven. And I'm certainly not worried about other people telling me that John 3.16 won't work. Well, I don't you know, Richard, John 3.16 not always the truth. Yes, it is the truth. I got that one ironed down. I'm going to heaven because I believe in Jesus Christ. So I have this question. What is the shield about? Well, let's keep reading a bit. He's the glory of the lifter of my head. I cried unto the Lord with my voice. He heard me out of his holy hill. I will not be afraid. No, excuse me. I laid me down and slept. I awake for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people that have set themselves against me round about. There was some sort of personal problem here, whatever it may be. But you know, the point is, no matter <clears throat> how great, how small your problems are, you get distracted. I don't care what's on your mind right now. If you've not prayed about it, you're being distracted. I mean, you're in here with me. We're talking about the Word, whatever. But your mind could be adrift right now because you're thinking, how am I going to get this done? How am I going to get that done? How am I going to, how's this going to It doesn't matter, great or small, you get distracted. And the point is, is that you and I have a real God. He will help you if you'll just ask. He's going to ask some things of you, but believe me, it won't hurt. Jesus said, my burden's light. And my burden's easy, my, and my, my yoke is easy, my burden's light. It ain't going to kill you to serve Jesus. It's not. He wants your help, but he wants to be your help right now, too. <clears throat> Notice this. He says, Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for thou hast smitten my enemies on the cheekbone. Thou hast broken the teeth of the ungodly. Whoops. I want you to see this last verse here. Look at this. Salvation belongs to the Lord. And look at this. Thy blessing is upon thy people. God's blessing is on you. Let me show you this another way. Oh, let's go back over here again. Oh. Numbers chapter 6. Okay. All right, let's get down here. 23, somewhere down here. So they called the little header here, says, The form of blessing the people. Hmm. And the Lord spake to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his sons. That was just kind of like the pastors, the preachers, whatever. And on this wise, you shall bless the children of Israel. Well, this is just words. I mean, I mean, bless. I mean, why? Bless. Oh, I know. He blessed them out. See, we kind of think we know what blessing is. But blessing is not just words. 
They're, they carry what God is going to do for you. It's not just, oh, well, let's bless the children. I'm telling you, the people, the Jesus, the children that came to Jesus, no matter what their troubles were, the Bible said that Jesus was really offended when the disciples said, well, hey, don't send your kids over there. Boy, Jesus got upset with that. And the Bible says he laid his hands on these children. In Matthew 18, he said he took one child in his hands and said that their angels are always staring into the face of the Father. You know, your angels, and we all got angels. Your angels, my angels, they are looking into the face of the Father waiting for instructions. Well, I already know some of their instructions. Their instructions are that I'm supposed to be blessed. Their instructions are to protect me so I don't even cut my feet. I mean, they're, they're, we go swimming and whatever, and I'm thinking about bottles and stuff. But we were the same group. We were we went a week or so ago, and uh, we were on the bank right there. And I kept throwing glass. I threw it uh, up in the trees. The way it was right there, filled in the. I'm like, I can't believe it's some accident. I'm sure people were just tossing bottles. Maybe they didn't know what they were doing. But dear Lord, I can't imagine somebody other family there with their kids in there. Uh, get on that glass, you know. But listen, the Bible says that the angels are encamped about you, bearing you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. And I know several times my feet have come so close. Well, even that day, I was, what was I doing? That's like the angels were there saying, there's a piece, there's a piece, there's I was chunking that glass out of our way. God has instructed our angels to keep us safe. But anyway, watch this. So he says, you, you tell them to bless the children of Israel, saying this, the Lord bless thee and keep thee. Oh, I guess God has a temptation. He don't want. He don't really like, you know, Fred. One day he don't want to keep Fred. It's not that word. It doesn't mean keep that way. It means protect. God has put Himself out there and said, "I will protect you." And this is so fantastic to wake up to every day, knowing, "Oh no, the troubles I got to face today." Don't worry, God will protect you. Oh yes, but you know, Ethan might say, "Yeah, but my problem is to go." Well, you said you protect you. That's open-ended, Lord, isn't it? And he's like, yeah, you're kidding it. I get it, too. It don't matter what I come up with, what problem I may face out there, God will protect me. It's fantastic. So he says, the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. That gracious, the, 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 the best definition of grace is gift. So get ready. Your boat's going to be loaded today. It's not like, well, I'm just going to like you. No. Look at verse 26. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. Many times we're restless over different situations. We're worried about things. But God will give you peace. Remember, we already know in Philippians chapter 4, the peace that passes all understanding will guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. Let's flip this over to the Living Bible. I love the Living Bible. I, I just do. It's just... Uh, my mother had given me a copy of this thing back when it came out in 1971 or 72, and my sister's done gone to be home in, in heaven, and I have her Bible, and uh, I love it. Uh, she's marked several things in there, and I knew it was her, well, it's her handwriting. I, it's, it's great, I just, but I, I just love the Living Bible. Watch this. There it is, just like I told you. Say, I didn't lie, did I? Whoops, back up. Hold on a second. The other Bible, the King James said, The Lord bless thee and keep thee. So let's see, he said, Tell Aaron and his sons that they are to give this special blessing to the people of Israel. Now remember, don't write yourself off here. Because if you be Christ, then your Abraham's seed heirs according to the promise. May the Lord bless and protect you. I've heard this. Mom and I were in this church, and I think it was Dr. Burhans, or it could have been Brother Shirley. I'm not sure which one, but at the end of every message, as soon as he got done, I, as a kid, I was ready to go home anyway. 
And when I saw him slip down here, and he would say, he would say, the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. I knew that was the end. I'm going home, you know. Dr. Burns, I knew it was time to go home. I'll ride my bicycle or something. But even that phrase stayed with me all my life. And I remember it. Matter of fact, I've used it at several benedictions myself just because I grew up with it. Well, is it just a bunch of baloney? No. May the Lord bless and protect you. May the Lord's face radiate with joy because of you. May he be gracious to you, show you his favor, and give you his peace. These things are yours. Let's look at another one here. You know, all through the Bible, you will find out that uh, God's blessed you tremendously. Uh, whoops. Well, I didn't want to do it. Let's go back to this. Okay. Let's go back to uh, Genesis just a moment. Let's go to 12. Actually, this time I want to go to, I want to, go to 15. Watch this. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram. I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. I tell you, David would say in Psalm 18, You're my fortress. You're my God. You're my deliverer. You're my strong tower. Big, long list. Never did, did David come right out and say, Now look, I'm just... You know, I mean, he... He gave the titles to God as, his, as though he was a God to him. A lot of times we feel like we just, we got to kind of, I mean, God knows you're in trouble. So I got to butter him up first. Remember as a kid, you used to think you had to, I used to tell my mom some things first before I showed her my signed papers. Mom, your hair really looks good today. She knew what was up. You got any signed papers for me? Will you? Need to sign this one. I got an S or whatever on something. We got to butter up God before God will do something for us. You don't need to butter up God. God already knows your heart. He already knows that everybody in, that was ever born has been under the curse of Adam. We've all been touched with sin. There's none righteous, no, not one. Jesus made us righteous. So you've got to get off that. You've got to quit thinking, well, you know, I've I, I got to earn this somehow. You will never earn it. Otherwise, Jesus would have never said, pray in my name. He would have just said, just ask, you know. See if you get it. No, we get to actually use the power of attorney. This is sort of like the power of attorney here. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. Now, wonderful, Abram was just so special. He just was just the goodest guy in all the earth. Well, if he was, there's something wrong down here at verse 6. Actually, verse 2, but I've preached this so many other times here. Abram... Abram actually said, Lord, what will you give me seeing I go child? Remember, Abram was 90 years old. He never had a child. And when God said to him, I am your exceeding great reward, you know, in other words, I'll give you whatever you ask for. Abram said, well, I don't have any kids, and so I, I, don't, I don't know. And God says, well, I'll tell you what, you're going to have a kid. Verse 3, he, said, he tells him you're going to have a child. But now I want you to look at this. Abram had to make a decision. Nothing had happened at that point. But God, and he knew it was God, God said, you know what, Abram? I'm your shield, and I'm your exceeding great reward. Whatever it is you have need of, I'll get it for you. And Abram says, well, I'm, I'm pretty old. I don't even have any kids. Now, I'm going to have a slave in my house that's going to inherit everything I got. And God says, no, -uh. 
And God didn't say, we're going to give you a young woman about 19, 20 years old, and she's going to be fruitful. No. He told Abraham that it's going to be Sarah. And she's 80. and no way she can have any kids. And that's where you get that one verse when she laughed. Because she heard God talking to Abram and said, well, next year Sarah's going to have a child. And Sarah laughed. And God said, why did Sarah laugh? And Sarah denied it because she laughed within herself. Nobody could hear it but God. But God said, yeah, you did laugh. And God told Sarah, he says, is anything too hard for the Lord? See, that's what our problem is. We think some things are too hard. A lot of times we think they're too hard because we feel like, I'm not good enough to get it. It's not about how good you are. you got to get this. Jesus didn't come to the earth for God so loved the world because the world was so dead dumb good looking. The world was so good. No, he loved the world. Anyway, he loved them. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Romans chapter 1, the Romans chapter 2, verse 11 says, it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. You know, it's God's goodness that draws us to Christ. But anyway, look at this. This phrase right here. So was Abraham all that, was he just so good? Well, then why do we have this? Verse 6. And he believed in the Lord, and he counted it to him for righteousness. Well, what does that mean? Well, let's switch over to the Living Bible. This guy will help us. Kenneth Taylor was the one who <clears throat> actually wrote the Living Bible. Oh, here we go. Let's see what we find out. Oh, and Abraham believed God. Then God considered him righteous on account of his faith. Just because he was trusting God, God said, I'll take care of your sins for you. You know, you and I, we have a benefit. It belongs to us. I'll close with this right here. Oh, one last verse here. It's reason we hear so much in the Bible. There's so many stories. There's a lot of kings in the Bible. But uh, uh -oh. the ones you're going to hear the most from uh, is going to be King David. You can read a lot about it, and it, it's over and over again. And as you read about the life of King David, it's like, my goodness, he was blessed. Oh, uh, let's read this first out of the, uh, oops, excuse me. Oh, King James. Bless the Lord. Notice who's there. Everybody in the room. No. Oh, my soul. I'm the one, I believe me first. Dustin may tell me something, but when he walks out of the room, I'm, I believe what I think about the situation. I believe what I think about it. My mother can tell me some things. As soon as she leaves the room, I'll take my take on it. David's by himself, and he says, Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Now, what do I want to bless the Lord for? I mean, I don't feel like it today. Well, wait a minute. And all that's within me, yeah, but leave me alone right now. I don't, I'm depressed. No. You need to praise the Lord. Well, why? Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. What? See, when you start reading the Bible, you're going to find out that God is way ahead of you on blessing you. And it's okay to recognize that. David didn't start out and say, you know, we need to sneak in and, and just call God. He's just wonderful. And, and let, don't bother him with the need that you have. Listen, if you're in trouble, you need to run to him. Get, get it fixed. The water. You're not going to call the city and have the city fix a water leak or whatever, especially if it's on your side. you got water in the house flowing everywhere. you got to fix it. Get the leak fixed. God will talk to you at night. Don't worry about something between you and God. God and you will fix it. Don't worry about it. Watch this. 
Bless the Lord, O my soul, forget not all his benefits. I mean, the Bible says don't forget them. He doesn't even say hide them a little bit and say, well, don't use them right now. It's not right. You know, you got other people out there not having such a good time there. I'm going to use my benefits. When I use my benefits, I can help us. Watch it. Forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all thy iniquities. That means all your mistakes, whatever it is. He didn't say heal a few of them. Some of them he's going to send you in the corner. Oh, no. He's not going to forgive me today. So i got to wait this one out for a couple weeks. No, that doesn't make sense because when Jesus told me to forgive somebody over here, he didn't say let them wait two or three weeks. i got to forgive them. Well, if I have to forgive them, guess what? God is under the same rule. He'll forgive me too. Now, what am I going to do with this? My church doesn't believe that. Well, I switch churches, <laughs> you know. He says he heals all thy diseases. We have this thing that, you know, God will heal this person, and this is how you smell unbelief. You can figure it out. You'll always think God will heal that person, but then you'll always think he won't heal you. Well, he, he just, it might not work. you got to get rid of all that. That's not what your benefit papers say. My benefits paper. Let me look them up. Fine print. Psalm 103. He forgives. See, a lot of people believe that. Well, I know Jesus will forgive me. Well, if you can believe Jesus will forgive you and take you to heaven, what's wrong with this? This is not an option. It's not option two. It's not a separate plan. It's the second thing. Remember, he said all his benefits. He heals all your diseases. The next verse is fantastic. He redeems your life from destruction. Some of you right now might be thinking, Wednesday, I've had it. My world's going to fall apart by Wednesday. You are redeemed. You know the word redeemed is financial term? God pulled out his watch, and he paid for whatever it is that you're in trouble for. You're going to get out of it. He paid for it. The Bible says he paid for it with the precious blood of Jesus. Let's read this out of the Living Bible, and we'll stop. Watch it. Just to make sure. Watch this. Uh, he says, yes, I will bless the Lord and not forget the glorious things he does for me. So in other words, they're not supposed to have ever quit. He forgives all my sins. He heals me. I guess he should say he heals me part of the time. Not what he said. Psalm 6 says David was standing there and he said, Lord, heal me. Heal me. He said, my bones are vexed. I'm in, I'm in trouble. And at the end of that psalm, David says, I thank you that you've heard my prayer. He ransoms me from hell. Let me point out one other verse right Watch this. This, this in this same, same psalm. My mouth to calm down. Watch this. Here we go. Um, look at this. He's not punished us as we deserve for all our sins. His mercy toward those who fear him uh, and honor him is as great as the height of heavens above the earth. He's removed our sins as far from us as the east is from the west. Oh, we've heard that before. We've got to walk out of here and believe it. Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Anyway, Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you by your stripes for healed. We thank you also. You take care of us financially. It's so obvious in the scripture, Lord, that you want to bless us financially. And we just thank you for it. My God shall supply all our needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Lord, if we're faced with any kind of trouble, like David was faced with Goliath one day and whatever, and a bear and a lion, didn't matter what it was, but, Lord, David said, I'll call upon the Lord who's worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. Lord, if we think it's an enemy, it's an enemy. Get us out of that trouble. 
Lord, that doesn't leave anything left, but you did tell us to do something, to love one another and to tell others about Jesus. So we're going to tell them what good things you've done for us. Just like you told that one fellow that was uh, demon-possessed. He wanted to follow you and go with you in the boat. And you said, no, you go back and you go tell the people of town what good things the Lord has done for you. So, Lord, that's what we're going to do. We're going to open our mouth and tell people all the great things we see God doing in our lives. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, amen. Everybody have a great rest of the day.